Welcome, history enthusiasts and curious minds, to a captivating journey through time. Today we are delving into the life and times of a man whose story is as fascinating as it is unexpected. You may have strolled past his statue on Place Guillaume II or heard his name whispered in the corridors of history. But dear listeners, do you really know who that is? William II of the Netherlands and the Grand Duke of Luxembourg and the Duke of Limburg. Split the beginning. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. So that's the guy whose statue you can find on Place Guillaume II. That's him. Guillaume William Willem Potato Potato. This is a heavy throwback to the times when the Netherlands, Luxembourg and Limburg were all ruled by the same monarchs and constituted the United Kingdom of the Netherlands. Didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, I didn't know either, but apparently it did exist between 1815 and 1839, although it's an unofficial name for just the Kingdom of. The Belgian Revolution of 1830 broke it a little, but it also paved the way for Luxembourg to get its own constitution out of it later in 1843. It's all about the give and take boss. What's important to start with, that Luxembourg's history saw a succession of rulers. Counts, Dukes and Grand Dukes. Originally a part of the medieval Kingdom of Germany, then the Holy Roman Empire, it gained sovereignty in 1815. Occupied by French revolutionaries from 1794 to 1813, it emerged as a Grand Duchy after the Vienna Congress, entering a personal union with William I of the Netherlands. Luxembourg now stands as the sole existing sovereign Grand Duchy after getting this status in 1815 through unification with the Netherlands under the House of Orange Nassau. And this is where the story begins. Behold the illustrious William II, also known by his full name, William Frederick George Ludwig, or as his friends affectionately called him, Willie the Royal Cool Guy. <laughs> well, not really, but wouldn't that have been awesome? Born on a frosty December the 6th, 1792, in The Hague, which was clearly a hotbed of exciting events. Now, get this. He was the offspring of King William I and Wilhelmine of Prussia, a true regal power couple. When his papa decided to upgrade his title from mere sovereign prince to full-blown king in 1815, our Willy boy slid into the role of Prince of Orange. Not the fruit, mind you, but the heir apparent to the United Kingdom of the Netherlands. <laughs> gotcha there again. Oh, and did I mention his military escapades? Our boy Willie didn't just collect fancy titles. He tried his hand at the battlefield too. Picture this. A 19-year-old hanging out with Arthur Wellesley, aka the Duke of Wellington, during the Peninsula War. Clearly, young Willie was the Duke's favourite sidekick, earning him the charming nickname Slender Billy. Not bad for a guy who hadn't even hit the ripe age of 20. Also, ever heard of the Battle of Waterloo? Well, of course you have. And guess who made a cameo? That's right, our very own Willie II. He led troops, got shot in the shoulder and survived to tell the tale. Impressive, eh? And as a token of appreciation, the Dutch folk offered him a palace. Because what else do you give a young man who just narrowly escaped a musket ball? Real estate, obviously. <laughs> 
Now, brace yourself for the romantic subplot. Willy was briefly engaged to Princess Charlotte of Wales, but that didn't quite pan out. Instead, he ended up marrying Grand Duchess Anna Pavlovna of Russia. Her brother, Alexander I, the Tsar at the time, initiated the whole thing to strengthen the relationship between Imperial Russia and the Netherlands. Together, they managed to produce a soccer team of kids, four sons and one lucky daughter. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have gone down that path now, would he? Although some of his modern colleagues, Emmanuel, I'm looking at you, were trying to have all sorts of conversations in the first part of 2021. Anyway, uh, the plot thickens. Rumor has it that Willie might have had a soft spot for a dandy named Pereira. And if that wasn't scandalous enough, there were whispers of shameful and unnatural lusts and many cases of blackmail starting as far back as 1818. Now, let's not forget the Belgian Revolution 1830, where William II tried to play peace negotiator. But like any good soap opera, his dad decided to reject the peace plan without even giving it a second thought. Family drama, am I right? But hold your laughter, because the circus was just beginning. Fast forward to 1840, and what do you know, Papa King decides to call it quits, leaving the throne for Willie to claim. Cue the dramatic music as our protagonist steps into the spotlight and becomes King William II. Finally, William ascended the throne and faced the infamous revolutions of 1848 across Europe. Feeling the heat, he decided to hop off the liberal train, going from conservative to liberal in one night, like magic. The man behind the makeover was Johann Rudolf Thorbecker, the head of the Liberal Committee, and pretty much the founder of the political system the Netherlands have these days. And boy, did they cook up a constitution that changed the game. Kings, who need them when the tweed cometh gets all the power? It basically laid out the base for the current parliamentary democracy in the Netherlands. In the end, Willis' reign was like a roller coaster ride, full of ups, downs, and a whole lot of constitutional tinkering. Sadly, his story came to a close in 1849, leaving behind a legacy of nicknames battles and a constitution that's still kicking. And that, dear friends, is the tale of Willie II, the king who kept us all on our toes.